Beautiful. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of the Alt Med podcast. Andrew Dowling here with me as always, my co-host Mitch Kurtz. How you doing, Mitch? Well, thank you. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I feel we are very lucky today to have a couple of pharmacists on the show. Um, so without really any further introduction, going to um, say that, yeah, Sharon Miller and Angelica Rostov of Medigreen Dispensary, it is our pleasure to have you on the show. So thanks so much for joining us, guys. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we always like to start off by getting a little bit of the background. We know all the different people we've had on the show have had a very different uh, voyage into cannabis and, and you know, different, I'm sure. And please tell the people how you got into, you know, being or running a Medigreen dispensary. Well, I'll start off first. Um, I started looking at medicinal cannabis just over 10 years ago when wow. people were starting to get buying it usually quite illegally for their children who had epilepsy. And because it was illegal, no one was willing to say to them, these are interactions, this you can do, this you can't do. And so with patients like that, what I really wanted to do is have them access to a pharmacist where they could ask the questions without fear of getting told off. Because going back 10 years, people were still getting told off for taking medicine taking cannabis. So I started off with epilepsy and I saw the first child get given a dose during a seizure. The results were unlike anything I've ever seen before. The seizure stopped immediately. The child had a sleep and then she woke up quite normal again, which was really good to see. And then after go forward a few years, I was overseas with family, came down with extreme pain, said, I'm giving up skiing. And at that stage, we're overseas and we watched a program on medicinal cannabis and medicinal hemp. And they wanted to try it. So I went over and I got exactly the product that they had shown on TV. And I didn't think it would work. And when they said, what do I do? I said, take, this is the dose. They said, take it. They took it and 24 hours later, I got handed back the Tarjan, the Endone, the high dose Lyrica. And that person who's now in their seventies is still skiing at least half a day, every day they go skiing. So every time I went overseas, I had a look in the dispensaries, went and met and spoke with people, just waiting for the time it was gonna be coming here in Australia. And when I came back in 2020 from Canada and I spoke with Angelica, that's when we decided it was time for us to get involved with medicinal cannabis in Australia. Wow. Very interesting. Oh, I've got so many questions on that, but I'll, I'll let Angelica tell us her story first. And are we we'll pronouncing that correctly? Is it Angelica or Angelica? Angelica. Angelica. Oh, I'm saying it wrong this, this whole time. For months now, you never corrected me. <laughs> That's right. I, uh, we, we both are clinical pharmacists and hospital pharmacists. So basically we work um, probably 20 years on different hospitals. And mm. my last hospital was palliative hospital. So we've seen a lot of, like I've got a lot of cancer patient and we have a quite a big neurological clinic. So we have MS, MND, Parkinson, all these uh, conditioned people. And a few years ago, I started having these people who bring in oil, CBD, THC, I don't know, from again, not legal, like somewhere from backyard doing this whatever <laughs> and of course we could not put on a on a drug chart 
but I can see that people told me that it's really helpful. So this is why we start talking with Sharon. We attend a lot of study, uh, the same as GP was doing. So how to prescribe, what like endocannabinoid system. When I used to study in medical uni in my country, we did not even know about endocannabinoid system. So mm. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So we learn everything and we realize that it's actually very, very helpful. And with a lot of condition like migraine, fibromyalgia, and like name it, it's really, really helpful. And people end up with a lot of painkiller um, and start taking medicinal cannabis, happy, have and like as a condition under control. Of course, it's not reverse everything what you have, but you can actually keep your condition under control with medicinal cannabis. How is that, you know, I mean, as a, at least my understanding of people who are trained in, in uh, medical, you know, degrees and, and go through the system, you know, to, to kind of, usually they're quite skeptical of things that are not taught at university and then seen in hospitals, let's say, to come across something like cannabis, you know, that you're like, ah, oh, that, that doesn't work. I, I don't know. I still hear doctors say that. And then to see it firsthand, is that a bit of a, how did that feel as a pharmacist has already been around for years and years you know what i mean so for me if anyone told me like five years ago that i will be selling cannabis in a pharmacy <laughs> <laughs> i'd love because i myself never actually smoked cannabis <laughs> uh, i'm so, so sorry wouldn't you, that. If, wouldn't you have just i would have imagined you would have been or the default position would have been you know that doesn't work that's you know that's that's a, a load of nonsense it was like a you know narcotics <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Party drugs. Yeah. And and you've got to realise that even people who work in medical, they're like the general population. They've got their own fears, their own beliefs, their own system. So even though they're trained in medicine or pharmaceuticals, they still carry those same beliefs, which they're allowed to have. Mm. And really, I'd be the same as Angelica. If anyone said to me, I'd be selling cannabis, I would have laughed. <laughs> 10 years ago that was just not going to happen mm. well can i just say i'm proud of you both uh, <laughs> <laughs> but having seen that first child with a seizure stop that's mm. enough to make me think that there is a place for it yeah you sometimes see something like that you're not going to change your mind yeah mm. and it, it's um actually migrant suffer for nearly 20 years and i was mm. in a like taking every day a lot of medication and few times um, a year I was like sick, having a sick leave, even call ambulance to admit me to a hospital. And since I, I just start taking a CBD oil on the CBD oil as a prevention and I don't have any migraine attack for a year now. Wow. I don't have any medication basically. Um, like sometimes I have it, I feel, but I never have any sick days or whatever. Have not been called ambulance, nothing. It's it's worked amazingly. That's amazing to you. I should say in the um, not to sound legal, but uh, in the spirit of balance, we definitely know that there are some people that cannabis doesn't work for as a medicine. Um, but you know, when you hear stories like that, you, you just can't help but think with anecdotal evidence like that. Why is there still resistance? Um, I just, yeah, kind of leapfrogging from what we've just been discussing. I, I'm just thinking about how 
for probably for the better part of since you know I became quite interested in this space, I've just been thinking about um, cannabis being quite disruptive to medicine as we understand it and all the legal and regulatory frameworks. But actually, those you know when we think about cannabis having been used as a medicine for thousands of years, it, it's it's actually those systems which were disruptive to cannabis being able to be used, and so. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and, and whether or not in your view, there are other potential medicines out there that aren't, that are being held back from us, which you as a pharmacist, you know, would be interested in, in seeing more freely available. One of the things is when pharmaceuticals started, a holistic or herbal medicines really got pushed to the back as the companies take over and the companies do do a lot of good, but not every one medicine works for everyone. And the same with medicinal cannabis. Everyone thinks I'll take a dose and it will work. That's not the case. Medicinal cannabis is a medicine and you've got to find the right product and the right dose. And unfortunately, a lot of people will say after taking it for a few days, it doesn't work. They don't give it a chance. They're expecting it to be almost like the holy grail of medicine where it's an instantaneous fix. Mm. You have to work with the doctors, find the right product and the right dose mm. to do that. And along with that, when we did do the pharmaceuticals, we have thrown out a lot of the good work that came before it with herbal medicines like terpenes. You know, they're only coming to the fore now. Nootropics in Europe are a prescription medicine. Here they're a food supplement. So every country is very, very different. But so long as people approach it as a medicine, then we can look at helping people. I'd love to know a bit more about that nootropic and terpene situation because there's obviously, um, you know, there's a bit of research that's starting to get put into that area right now. We see it, you know, on the shelves behind you, for example. Um, how, how does that interplay with, with cannabis at the moment? Does it interplay or, you know, what's the general uh, position on it? Terpenes are are actually present in most of the medicinal cannabis, whether the oils or the flowers, they're there. And when it came to terpenes, again, I was an absolute non-believer. And I actually had... You can laugh, I was. Sorry. (laughs) I actually had an old Indian lady who came across from India and she made me up an oil and she said, put this on when you have a migraine. And I laughed and I said, it's not going to work. It was actually pure beta carotene. Oh, wow. They were making it up for thousands of years in India. I actually used it and it worked. And I went, okay, I really have to now start looking and changing the way I think. Mm. The terpenes can be very, very powerful on their own. And we've had a lot of success with the sleep products, especially, but over the past two years, also that for anxiety um, and depression as add-ons to their treatment. We've got a lot of people who are now using those. Do we have the clinical trials? No, but these Mm -hmm. people are very resistant or still very anxious. And we would rather work with them and their doctors to find an answer rather than them say, I'm not taking the medicine and then looking for other answers i think it's important that pharmacists are involved so we can help people mm. so you say that the the terpene oil can even work on its own and i've also heard you know a lot of people talk 
about it as you synergistically with cannabis medicine. So, you know, if they're on a CBD oil and they want more of that specific feeling or, or experience or relief, they will, they will opt for, you know, alpha bisabolol or, or beta caryophylline, as you said, or mercine, depending. I on do. I, I love it when you start listing terps, Mitch, because I just, I wait for you to bungle one, but I think you did well there. I, I try my best, you know, there's a lot of hey, different characters. Wall, wall, wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's some of the, the weird, like the almost Greek looking letters that, that, um, <laughs> you know, it's not my area of my, my expertise, but I, I try. <laughs> the, um... A big clinic in Mexico that does use terpenes along with medicinal cannabis for people with epilepsy. And again, mm. it's the hardest to treat patients who are not stable and a lot of their work now is done with not only traditional medicines, but adding a medicinal cannabis and also adding in terpenes. And what they're doing with the terpenes, they're using them as muscle relaxants after the seizures. Wow. I mean, it kind of makes sense in some forms, like when you're saying that the beta, beta caryophylline gave you some you know, reprieve, let's say. In some senses, it's like having a big dose of a of a single chemical that gives you you know paracetamol for example and it has that type of effect um i even heard somebody the other day say that paracetamol was acting on the endocannabinoid system and that's um something they hadn't realized before and i'm not sure if there's any clout to that but but um we we still don't know how paracetamol works is that right no we don't know (laughs) it's 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 serious i i did not know that that's wild Nobody knows okay. that it how it works. That just that it's safe and it works. So it's got um, CBD oil in it, does it? <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I did have a question actually. Just you touched on this before, Sharon, but you talk about, and I completely agree with you. You know, you have to treat it as a medicine when and and do the same things. You know, it has to be stored with your other medicines. It has to be dosed. All these sorts of things. I mean, I am interested from the pharmacist's perspective, you guys are at the coalface with patients. How does dosing work? And do you, you know, for some patients, they have to go through, you know, they have to see a specialist cannabis doctor and then they get their prescription and they have to wait for their medicine. And then they have to go through this process sometimes of of titrating up to the optimal dose. Do you sometimes get patients to just get fed up that it doesn't work straight away? How does the How does that all work? We do get patients that are fed up and there's two ways of approaching it. Um, Mm. One of them is the way I did it with my family member. I went, because it was CBD alone with no THC, I went for maximum dose and it worked really fast. Mm. Okay, that was me with family and I was with them 24-7, so I had no issue with that. But when people live alone, we don't know how they're going to react to CBD or THC. It still can cause issues like little bit of imbalance or perhaps they feel sleepy and they don't realize they're feeling sleepy because it's actually starting to work in the body and the body only really heals from pain when it's resting mm-hmm. so the first thing the body's going to do is make you want to rest and people come and they say i'm sleepy but i'm still in pain well to me that's starting to work we've just got to persevere a bit more yeah um, sometimes doctors are really conservative as they should be in some cases And we put the doses up really, really slowly because we know some of the components like THC can, with some patients, increase things like hallucinations or they might feel slightly not right. And we want to go up slowly so we get the best benefit for it. 
but mm. everyone's different. And I know for myself, the minute I got my cancer and the, and the neuropathy from the chemo, the first thing I did is I put the dose of the oil right up, whereas before I'd been on a low dose, every time the pain comes back, the dose goes up. When it comes back down, I bring the dose back down again. So it's a movable dose, just like a painkiller for some people as well. Yes, what I said, like any medication, what we start, any official medication, blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, uh, depression, it's really hard to find a medication. It's not a one medication suit everyone and one dose suit everyone. And we are doing, we are both consulting pharmacies, we are doing HMR, we're checking medication with the patient. Mm. For one person, you just start on one blood pressure medication, that's it, blood pressure under control, really good, everyone happy. For some people, it could be side effects, it could be not working, we added another medication, another medication, it could be five medication, different medication for blood pressure for different groups to hold this condition. So this is the same with the cannabis. It's not a magical, like it's not some something miracle. I have one drop and that's it, I'm like cure. Like I have no symptoms, my condition is under control. No, for some, yes, just one small dose and it can hold and absolutely everyone would be happy. For some people, we just need to find the right dose and right products, that's all. Yeah, definitely. But in saying that, aren't there general kind of drug interactions or contraindications people should be aware of? Just again, generally speaking, it is different for everyone, but I, but you know, I, that's something we haven't talked as much about on, on the, on the show. Um, what, sh- what are like, if somebody's taking X or has Y, what should they definitely come and speak to their pharmacist about first or doctor? First of all, let us know what you're taking. We can actually do the checks right there, right then when you're with us. That's the first thing. Secondly, just knowing why you're taking a medicine. So, for example, Angelica said blood pressure medicines. Well, blood pressure medicines are also used to stop migraines. They're used for pain. They're used for a lot of things apart from high blood pressure. So knowing what you take a medicine for is really important as well. So if you're taking a blood pressure medicine and it's for a migraine, I'm not going to be worried as so much as if you're taking a blood pressure medicine and it's controlling your heart rhythm. And if that's not stable, then I'm going to look at it more closely. Mm. There's always interactions, but it depends on what you're taking the medicine for and if you're stable or not. I've got a a bit of a question. Sorry, just total tangent here. Medication like warfarin, of course, we'll be watching. Or if they are on high dose of statin, maybe. Or if like if person have unstable arrhythmia, we would not put on THC. Okay. What What about if um I just somebody asked me the other day, um how does it go with with pregnancy? Is that something you guys have encountered at the dispensary before? The The rule with pregnancy is at first do no harm and don't take anything that's not prescribed by for your doctor. That is the first rule for anything. Mm. Um, and with cannabis, again, there is no work, and I would have to say. I would talk with the doctor to make sure is it the right thing or not because you do have to be careful pregnancy is one of those where you go let's see if you really need something and you should only ever take anything prescribed by your doctor for a good reason 
Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the more interesting questions. Of course, you want to always err on the side of caution with that situation. But to think that we do then give CBD to one and two year olds with certain conditions, it makes you think, I wonder what it would be very interesting to I mean, who would want to touch a study like that? But but it would be interesting to well, see the outcome. That thing would be saying no THC. Yeah, exactly. That, that I mean, would be my first thing. I would hate to see someone take any medicine and then have problems with the pregnancy. So THC for me personally would be out unless I've got have proof otherwise. CBD, yeah. again, it would be with the doctor and it would be depending on what they're using it for. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. What what do most people want when they come in? Like it, we sometimes, you know, people um, say that oh, I tried CBD oil, it didn't work for me, and I don't always feel like they know the nuance between different products. Different, they might have got it from someone online, and it might have not even had CBD in it to, to begin, or it might have had CBD in it, but it might not have been the right one for them. So, w- what's your advice to people who are kind of you know, dipping their toe and they've had maybe not the best first introduction to cannabis? Actually, that's a common response. I've tried the oils and they don't work. Mm. Often we find they've purchased them online and I go, well, what was in it? And they go, CBD. (laughs) (laughs) And then when you look at the bottle, if they've bought it in, it's actually hemp oil that you can buy from the supermarket. And they might have a smidgen of CBD that has nowhere near the levels needed to help people Mm. so i find people who usually say that have bought it online and have been sold something that perhaps is not what they think it is and selling of cooking hemp oil in bottles as a treatment unfortunately is rife on the internet yeah yeah why do you think people are still buying it online i I guess it's just they just don't know yet or a they don't know and b they're too frightened to ask their doctor too frightened yeah, there's well, also there's it's it's particularly discreet. Like it doesn't involve anyone that transaction other than you and the person selling it to you. But yeah, to your point, Sharon. I mean, you know, uh, t- testing that's been done on a lot of black market product that's around in Australia has produced a, a highly variable mixed bag of results in terms of you know some oils are what they say they are, but but many are not and. Yeah, I suppose people are really just rolling the dice if they um if they go down that path without sort of involving healthcare professionals in their in their journey. I don't know, but I still can see on uh, some Facebook groups. Oh, I'm like uh, I saw this from this particular oil from this supplier. Is it a good or not? And mm. I, as a pharmacist, don't understand why you still go in and buy online something. Even with uh, like a dress, you can see a beautiful dress on a website, but when it's arrived, it would be absolutely shocking quality and absolutely not what you order. Yeah. So why you will be buying a medication if you have a medical condition instead of going to a doctor and actually have official medications that have been checked and you can see how many milligrams in a meal of CBD what kind of terpenes? is it azelaide, is it like cool spectrum, where it came from and everything. So, but I don't know, people still trying to do it. There are so many clinics that exist. Um, like we, as a medical, we, we also have a doctors on board. So we have four doctors that can prescribe. A lot of GP now start prescribing. A lot of GP like drops a stigma that, oh, it's narcotic. I better give you uh, antidepressant and narcotics and whatever. And bends off asleep. 
So a lot of GPs start prescribing. Just talk to your doctor. If your doctor is used to be, it's not uh, familiar with medications. There are many clinics. There are many doctors who specialize in this. And mm. go and in this case, you will be treated correctly for your condition. You will have a correct medication and it will be, yeah, like you're not spending money for hemp oil. Mm. And mm. sometimes it's purchased by friends and family members who generally think they are doing them good and they're helping them. So there's also that part of it as well. Mm. I saw this online. I thought it would help you. I got it for you. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of that that goes on as well. You can't really do that with Tarjan or Endone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. What what do the doctors kind you know, it's interesting. We talk to doctors who t- tell us about you know, their prescribing patterns and, and they use this oil and they might use this flower or things like that. But, you know, that's that doctor. Whereas I think you guys would see all different doctors and what their prescribing habits are like. So it's interesting to get the pharmacist perspective on what products are actually moving. Now you can't give me brands and things like that, but you can tell me the types of things. Is it oil? Is it THC? Is it, is it flowers? Like what, what's, what's kind of going on um, on mass as far as you see? That really depends on the doctors and their training. A mm. doctor will actually start people off on an oil to start getting a system and then use flowers or THC oils as an add-on. So a lot of doctors will start off on CBD oils or a low-dose uh, CBD with a low-dose THC oil, and then they add in. There are other people and other doctors that just go, here's your flower, and we go, well, where's your oil? So mm. this combination is actually a good oil with add-ons like an ads-needed flower or an ad-needed, you know, liquid vape or something like that. There's mm. ways of, of doing those combinations. Is there ever a situation where it's actually best that a patient does just get THC flower? Are there any indications where you're like, you know what, don't worry about the CBD oil, you just need THC flower? Some people buy just flowers because they said like oil is expensive, but they don't realize if you have condition, for example, pain, and you taking also oil on it, like not just flowers, you actually will be using less flowers. And it's actually will be beneficial for your financial situation as well. Mm. And all other doc- all our doctor try to convince people to, to actually use not just flowers, but oil as well. And people after they come in and said, oh, I actually start using much less flowers or when they go into a vaping oil, oil as well. Because oil is uh, sitting in your body and working for about six, eight hours as flowers is going like, yeah, much quicker response, but it's shorter. So you use more flowers and flowers is more expensive with oil than just oil. And we, as a, like, as a pharmacist, we're working with not just our doctors, we're working with a lot of doctors. We try to find out, we work with the companies, we try to find out there are some deals working on a, on a like, market, like mm-hmm. something half price of first scripts, or like on a first script, you can have a, one medication you pay, second for free, something like that, or reduce those because just to introduction. So we're trying to work with all of this and like putting this to our customer to help with it. Yes, it is expensive. We understand this, but we try to do our best to help our customer. 
Mm, interesting. What what are the most common indications people present with? Uh, I saw a lot of Parkinson, Parkinson's and shakes. Um, people that actually, I have one story when one of my customers, she actually needed to have a glass of wine before each meal because she can't hold a spoon. She was so shaken, she can't actually eat. So when she have a glass of wine and after that, she actually could eat because her shake was reduced. At least she wow. could have it. <laughs> Sounds like Andrew. <laughs> I was going to say. I, I said, yes, it's understandable. It's like really good, but <laughs> you're having like at least three glass, at, uh, like a full glass of wine. Now she starts medicinal cannabis. She starts from uh, just a CBD oil. It was not really helpful. After that, it was added a very, very tiny bit of THC. And she's not having any alcohol since then. She's about one year on this small THC CBD combination, and her shake is uh, reduced dramatically. She's eating normally. That's excellent. Yeah. So it's uh, what we have: migraine, fibromyalgia, Parkinson, MS. It's not like MS. It's not treating your condition, but people with MS they have a so um, like a their muscle it's so like rigid rigid so they it's actually very painful and cbd can help with this anxiety depression really really help just cbd like people they don't even need thc with anxiety it's like cbd and by itself it's really helpful mm. Mm. cause cancer pain um it's not treating your cancer i can say straight away people who think we drop everything and we just start medicinal cannabis and I will be like treated from cancer. No, we never say like, just still go with your oncologist, but uh, cannabis can help with your symptoms and conditions. It's interesting. It was, it was almost, I wasn't sure if that was an advertisement for uh, cannabis or, or wine, but it made me think maybe in, in, in the case of wine. Do you, no, it's a wine. Like you understand that if you will be having every day so many glasses. Of course, um, of course. But, but it, it, it did make me think what's, what's happening in the wine that makes her able to, to you know. Uh, it, it's not wine. It was just maybe um, relaxing. Like, so like the terpenes in the wine? I don't know. I don't know. Like part of me thinks about that. No, but she always like it's only red wine was doing this. That's what I'm saying. You, you wouldn't get it from not like from... any other alcohol. Maybe it was like something full spectrum with some terpenes inside because we can find terpenes not in, in a cannabis plane. In, yeah. Everywhere. I often think that like I, more so with red wine, I think there's other things in red wine, phenols, you know, that I, there's something going on with red wine that makes it feel more cannabisy than say tequila. That's, Let's, that's why you've got to get a whole grape extract actually. <laughs> um. But to say so red wine, it's actually people with migraines, they should not drink it because it can actually exacerbate migraine. Right, right. Yeah, no, um, Andrew's been searching for that whole whole grape extract for a while i think i don't know if he's any closer to getting it but yeah, still searching i actually i did hear that alcohol can for some people amplify the effects of even just cbd oil or, or their cannabis medicine have you had the other any? way around other way around okay sorry so i would say that like i always say for people especially if you are on depressed mood don't touch alcohol because yeah. in the beginning you will be maybe feeling a little bit better, but depression will be much worse. 
yes. are trying to have alcohol when you really stress, depress, especially like in depression. Alcohol mm-hmm. is actually putting you down. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Can can attest to that <laughs> after my birthday weekend. Um <laughs> Happy birthday, Mitch, by the way. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> well, that's very interesting. Um, just the, Probably the last question I wanted to ask is just, you know, we haven't had a, a pharmacist on the show for quite a, some time now, and I'm just curious about the the difference between, you know, um, the finished and, and compounded formats that you see coming through. You know, that's it's often something that gets um, thrown around the forums here and there, and I'm just curious to get another pharmacist's take on on that world. Well, mine would be we actually don't really need to compound products. We have nearly 500 products on the market, including creams, including liquids. And the reality is we've got very high quality there. When you compound a product, it used to be easier because we could get around the TGA rules. Those rules have now included compounded products. So not only are the compounded products very expensive, unless you really need to have something compounded, you can generally find something that's already ready-made. And also the expiry date on a compounded product is only two months. So you've got to make sure that that product is used within that period of time. Yeah. Commercial products generally have a longer expiry date. Yeah, some of them I'm sort of, you know, informed that it's generally about the 24 months maybe less for a flower product, but still 12 months usually at, at minimum. And don't forget when uh, it was like compounded, um, we have just a few companies on the market that produce this oil or, and that's why even when we started pharmacy, we were thinking to do compounding. But mm. at the moment, there are so many different brands, different combination, different concentration, different carrier oil, like, you can have MCT, you can have a hemp seed oil, you can have olive oil, a lot of different uh, curry oil, a lot of different combinations, a lot of different concentrations. So why would you do as a compound? Mm, yeah. Mm, interesting. Interesting. I mean, the, yeah, I've, I've, I agree. There's obviously, a, you know, a lot of products, but I think there's, uh, you know, and I, I haven't studied um, in, in great detail, all of the products, but we tend to have these kind of product categories. So you have, you know, CBD isolate in oil and then a one-to-one balanced oil. So uh, yeah, I think, I think there's still going to be scope for compounding going forward, but you know, perhaps it won't be as widespread as it was previously when there weren't all those TGA rules that, that you were just alluding to. Um, no, excellent. I, my, my last question for you guys is just simply, um, what's the foot traffic like down in, in Bentley? Are you guys getting people <laughs> walking in and just having a little look on you're on, you're in a great location on center road. Sorry for all our non-Melbourne listeners for me doing a deep dive here, but I just, yeah, wanted to get a sense of, have you got a lot of people just curiously wandering in to see what you guys are all about? Well, we do. And the whole thing about this with our business here, it's a safe place for people to come in. We're not going to judge people and quite often people just wander in. And after they've bought it, we've had them stand in the front of the dispensary just laughing. They can't believe they've purchased cannabis <laughs> and they think it's hilarious. But these yeah. are questions and we welcome them. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad to hear. And yeah, what a way to absolutely shatter 
somebody's you know stigma or belief that that's not possible in Australia yeah that's that's great we we massively support what you guys are doing um well I think Absolutely. that's a wrap and yeah just want to say thank you both so much and and really glad also that you know you're able to share your own kind of personal experiences using cannabis as a medicine um yeah I, I really appreciate that but we um we'll have to come and visit at many green soon i think mitch yeah absolutely <laughs> it's always fun out in bentley love it i was gonna there. say you might find us at the front of the uh the dispensary having a, a good old giggle actually oh, but, well, we uh, we're never shy of a chat you know us <laughs> got plenty of staff members we love having a chat <laughs> <laughs> no that's Beautiful. awesome thanks well, guys well yeah we'll wrap it up there but until next time take care and yeah really appreciate what you guys are, are doing You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye.